And welcome to another of the UbuWeb Poetry Foundation podcasts, all avant-garde, all the time. I'm Kenneth Goldsmith, and in this podcast, we continue our uh, explorations of the sounds of regionalism. For this podcast, we're going to be listening to the sounds of the UK, mostly dating back to the mid-60s and moving forward right to the present. The poets involved with the British Poetry Revival were enormously wide-ranging. They included people like Roy Fisher, Ian Hamilton Finlay, of course, Bob Cobbing, Tom Rayworth, Eric Mottram, Edwin Morgan, and Christopher Logue. And many of these poets joined Allen Ginsberg and an audience of 7,000 people at the Albert Hall International Poetry Incarnation in June of 1965 to create what was effectively the very first British happening, which bloomed out into the groovy London scene. The first thing we're going to hear is from uh, Bob Cobbing, who was uh, probably the most significant sound and visual poet that the UK produced. He was part of a, a movement that was called the British Poetry Revival, that was really trying to bring British poetry up to date in terms of uh, contemporary modernism and contemporary techniques. He set up the Writers Forum, which began publishing in 1963, and his work was all over the place. It was sound, it was concrete poetry, and it was exploring the visual and auditory possibilities of the English language. This piece that we're listening to called Alphabet of Fishes that was recorded live but written in 1967. Uh, it's just an alphabetical naming of fish. Cobbing himself was just an absolutely incredible Faustian character, a big, jolly guy that would sit in pubs and do these performances for hours on end, getting more and more drunk and getting the audience involved with him, like a sing-along. One nine. One one nine. This is a poem one, 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 nine, eight, from a contemporary one, of Bob Cobbings, recorded in 1970 one, 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 nine, under eight, the name eight, Disintegrating eight, Language. This is by a poet named one, nine, Neil Mills, and he was one of three one, poets, eight, Thomas A. Clark one, nine, himself eight, and Charles Veray, that uh, called themselves eight, four, Disintegrating one, nine, Language. Seven seven. Seven seven six five three one five two eight two. He wants to show seven, that even banal seven, and mundane language seven, has seven, intonation and seven, seven, rhythm, seven, and seven, what we normally five, think of as seven, having seven, import and meaning, seven, in fact, seven, is subservient here to the sound and rhythm of language. The human voice then becomes a musical instrument. Five four. Five four 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 one four 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 five four 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 eight four three four four five nine five nine five four five four 
5444414. This is from a split disc that was issued in 1971, disintegrating language had one side, and then Bob Cobbing's sound poetry group called The Concrete Canticle had another side, and you can hear the entirety of the LP on UbuWeb. 84938493849384938493 do you wonder about this society? Do you? Right you are. Right. This is Lily Greenham. Are you right? And a track recorded in 1970 entitled Do You Wonder About the Society from a uh, small label release that she had called Tendentious Neosemantics in English. Are you left? Right you are. Are you right? Right you are. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. While Britain's best-known sound poet is Bob Cobbing, who we heard from earlier, it's really difficult to come up with too many other sound poets that were working in Britain in the 60s and 70s, and, and most difficult to come up with female sound poets. But Lily Greenham had been working in the avant-garde since the 1950s when she was a part of the early Vienna group... This was a group that was young poets like Gerhard Ruhm and Conrad Baer and A.C. Artman doing cabarets and neo-Dadaist performances. She ended up living back in England and she made a, uh, a, a term called lingual music for her compositions. Moving, 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 moving. This is, refers to the types of tape music and texts to create these dense and complex, somewhat musical structures. It's really engaging stuff. Are you right? Right you are. Are you left? Are you right? This is a beautiful piano piece by the British composer Cornelius Cardew. It's from a record that's featured on UbuWeb called Piano Music of the 1970s. And though it doesn't contain language, it's hard to underestimate the force that Cornelius Cardew had over the entire British avant-garde in the 60s and the 70s. He came up as an uh, avant-garde pianist and then moved into being a radically modernist composer influenced by the likes of Cage and Stockhausen. In the mid-60s, he turned his back completely on the avant-garde and began to become a uh, fervent uh, Marxist and began to form groups of trained and untrained musicians trying to play avant-garde music and ultimately gave that up to write workers' songs and anthems that uh, everybody could understand, very simple and very knowable songs. This is him playing a piece called Four Principles on Ireland from his uh, very late stage where he's writing accessible music, always imbued with the politics of the UK.
The British poetry revival of the 1960s was not always as radical as Bob Cobbing. Although we got no less than we were due, pity the likes of us, and God may take pity, my friends, upon the likes of you. This is a uh, piece by the writer Christopher Logue, and it's entitled This Is the Final Statement from his book The New Numbers. The stink alone is quite enough to scare you out of all those wrongs you long to do. This comes from the British issue of Aspen magazine, Aspen Number 7, that was published in the spring and the summer of 1970. Your kids became our addicts and our whores. The Aspen Number no. 7 British issue contains everybody from uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono to very radical and dissonant works by the composer John Tavener, who was actually recorded by the Beatles on the Apple label. If you should think some recompense is due, mention us when you make that deal of yours. And the entire run of Aspen magazine is available on UbuWeb with films mp3s and uh, lots and lots of text remember this good men who passed your time safely in chains while squealing to be free without society there is no crime and without crime there's no society the next cut we're going to hear is a uh, piece by the visual artist Richard Long, recorded in 1989, entitled Desert Circle, from a compilation, Happy New Year. Picking up, carrying, placing, one thing to another, around the base of a small conical volcano. And Desert Circle is a poem, he often does concrete types of poems, process-oriented works of moving from one thing to another as his eyes are following things. He's making lists, and these become these beautiful mantra-like repetitions for textual works that he'll often show in the gallery. Camel dropping to thorn, thorn to yellow flower. These textual works have visual manifestations as posters or wall texts. White stone to black stone. Black stone to stick, stick to goat's horn, goat's horn to seed pod, seed pod to cricket. Richard Long began making walks in the 1960s, and they were responses to the environments that he would walk in. A landscape would be deliberately changed in some way. For example, he would take a meadow and he would walk back and forth in a line until the flowers were stomped into the ground, therefore creating an earthwork. What he would do then was he would photograph the line that he just made and he would present it in the gallery as a work of art. He also would do pieces on the wall with his hands, making these beautiful mud circles. He says that nature has always been recorded by artists from prehistoric cave paintings to the 20th century landscape photography. I too wanted to make nature the subject of my work, but in new ways. What we're listening to here is a collaboration between the conceptual artists working in London called Art and Language and the Texas-based collective rock band called the Red Crayola. It's called Days of Future Pilots, recorded in 1982 and was included on the live-to-air Artist Soundworks collection that is up on UberWeb. Supersonic fan fall into the sky. 
Throughout the 1970s, art and language dealt with questions surrounding art production, and they attempted to shift from the conventional non-linguistic forms of art, like painting and sculpture, into more theoretically based works involving language. They thought that language actually had more truth in it than visuality. This is where Mayo Thompson comes in, because Mayo Thompson, who was the leader of the band The Red Crayola, after becoming disillusioned with the American scene, he moved to London, and uh, he became a member of the group Art and Language. Mayo Thompson, actually having stayed in London, went on to become a producer for the record label Rough Trade. And the next cut we're going to hear is actually a Rough Trade release from 1980. And this is a track by the group calling themselves Furious Pig. What can the matter be? 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 What? What can the matter be? What can the matter be? What can the matter be? Matter, 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 matter. And the uh, cut is called Johnny's So Long. Furious Pig was a British band that recorded in the very fervent and, and heated rough trade record label scene during the post punk era. Of course, this dates from 1980. They, like so many people, were kind of fusing Dada and punk rock and punk attitude. They often opened uh, live sets for groups such as The Raincoats, Perubu, and This Heat, The Slits, The Fall, and the television personalities. They released this one disc that's up on UberWeb called I Don't Like Your Face, and basically what it is is hyped-up, aggressive, punk rock sound poetry. And it actually fuses not only punk rock and sound poetry and Dadaism, but it also takes its cues from Indonesian Ketchak, which can be found on UberWeb ethnopoetic site. And we're listening to a collaboration between the pop art musician named Momus and Anne Laplantain. Who is it who calls, screams and sings constantly across these islands when the wind blows? Momus is from Scotland and uh, Anne is from Paris. Black as bats, big as swans. There was a catch entirely of crab's claws on a bad day, on a bad day. And Summer Isle is a collection of folk songs featuring Momus' voice and music by Anne LaPlantain, who also manipulated Momus' voice on the computer. (laughs) 
Reference points would include the cult horror film The Wicker Man and the beautiful soundtrack by Paul Giovanni, which takes place on a small island off the coast of the UK, and ethnographic field recordings of old Japanese people. And also uh, sounds a lot like the ethnomusicology of Alan Lomax. Farewell to summer. And this is a track from the London-based musician named Vicky Bennett, also going by the name as People Like Us. This is called Downtown Once More from a greatest hits record of hers up on Uberweb called A Bridge Too Far. Uberweb hosts probably 20 albums of Vicki Bennett's stuff. Everything she releases, she wants to go up online and give away freely because she's just putting this stuff together. She's taking bits and pieces without permission from everywhere. This is a deconstruction of a Petulia Clark song, Downtown. And she wants to share it with the world. Vicky often works with spoken word. She brings up to date the pastoral uh, and very beautiful sounds of the British Isles, as well as the kind of more punk and aggressive work that we've heard along the way of the Red Crayola and Furious Pig, and kind of puts them together for the digital age. It's all mixed up, it's all remixed, it's all mashed up, it's all cut up. But the thing that differentiates her from so many other people doing this kind of work is her ear. She's probably got the best ear of anybody I know. She knows just what to pick. It's very beautiful, it's very profound. Her spoken word things sound like sound poetry. Her music is deeply enjoyable, and there's tons and tons of it on Ubu. We also host a ton of her videos, which are a uh, visual equivalent of what she's doing with her music, People Like Us. The uh, multinational poet Caroline Bergvall recorded in 2004 a piece written in 1999 entitled About Face. Twill yet give it, you know, by stand to name, yeah, this one, and on title that's easier than lies, B.I. want to stop, looks like M. Orate a general understand out of the untitled about face. Caroline Bergvall uh, possesses three nationalities, French, Norwegian, and British, and she is fluent in all of those languages. So her poetry has an incredibly visceral and tactile quality to it. She loves the sound of language. Mm, just close enough makes 
faceless to close makes underfaced. Ceci n'est pas une face. Sec inest past un face. This is not a face. A face is like a rose. You have to be correlated to. Yeah. Waltzing down to change. The text that we're hearing started off as a performance in Berlin in 1999, and she had just had a painful tooth pulled out, and she couldn't read clearly or very fast. Age that I'm writ portrait. She tape recorded her her performance there, and she listened to herself and what sounded really like a flub performance. She decided to rehearse and exploit and explore, and she came up with this beautiful piece called About Face. It's probably uh, her most um, well-known piece, and to watch her perform this thing now that is very slick, yet was something that came from a painful Pulled Tooth is absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a beautiful performance by the British artist Caroline Bergvall. Crossing that knees does back on quite light on like through each sticking point to bring sp- focus to this and to that. Toddler, I think, when def- doodling very necessary, really got a strong eyebrow at the end of three. Interesting ing. Mm. Well, this overview was meant to show what is on Ubu from the British Isles. There's a lot of it, and there's a lot more of it. And as wide as these various things that we've just listened to appear to be, in fact, what's holding them all together is a sense of beauty, really, and a sense of exploration. The British and, and the UK, it's, it's, it's about language, it's about the land, it's about nature. And even when they move into abstract or political or dissonant or digital realms, there's always a sense of beauty and a sense of grace and a deep engagement with language that runs through all of these tracks. (laughs) ¶¶ 